The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Hello, I'm Ash Tullock and welcome to the official Olympic Channel podcast. This week's conversation brought me so much joy and I came away from it feeling truly inspired and empowered and that was all due to one man, the triple jump king, Christian Taylor. I really refer to this injury as a blessing. Like this has been one of the greatest, if not the greatest thing that's happened into my career because it was probably the first time in my career that I actually just sat back and just looked at my situation from my track life to the relationships I had. It really was just like, I just took a time out. Christian is a two-time Olympic champion and a four-time world champion in triple jump. And he's also an all-round really nice guy. Now, a year ago, he was in the form of his life and on his way to a potential third Olympic gold in Tokyo, having won gold in London 2012 and at Rio 2016. But that was not to be after an Achilles injury meant he had to miss the Games altogether. Fast forward to now, June 2022, and the American is back competing and he's eyeing the World Championships in Oregon next month where he will try to defend his title for an incredible fifth time. You're listening to the Olympic Tunnel Podcast. This time last year, things were pretty different for you, right? Absolutely. So we're basically exactly one month um, post rupture, Achilles rupture, tear, surgery, uh, you know, this devastating incident that happened, you know, leading into was hoping to be my third Olympic experience, hopefully my third Olympic gold, you know, everything was, was really lined up perfectly. And, and, you know, I, I watched the, the triple jump final. I watched the qualification round. I was actually in rehab every time this happened, just watching the live stream, you know, just saying, this is what I'm working towards, but it was still months after that I finally accepted it's over. You know, now you need to focus, use that energy towards getting back and, and preparing for the next one. Yes, I'm in a great place now. And I'm, again, so grateful to just have those people that could say, you can do it. It's not over. Keep fighting. You've had setbacks before. This is not the first one. You know, in my career, I've also changed jump legs and, and had to just kind of rewrite the things. But I always want to reflect on where I am now is because I'm just a reflection of, of the incredible people I have around me. Can you shed a bit of light on how dark those days were for you? What what did it look like at the hardest points for you? I would easily say um, it felt like depression. It felt like, you know, you, you have this lack of motivation, this fogginess, this uh, lack of urgency. And this is when my wife would have to come and say, like, you can sit here and feel sorry for yourself. Or you can get up and, and make something happen, right? You know, and sometimes you almost want to pull people in this pit with you, like, no, like, feel bad for me also. But, you know, I, I talk about these the people around me because, you know, these people are really like, Christian, we get it. We understand you're disappointed. We understand you're hurt. But what about the next one? But you have a world championship coming up. So since COVID, uh, you know, since the pandemic started, my family and I, we meet every Sunday on Zoom. And we have this this family because, you know, we're, I'm traveling a lot and, and, you know, they're back at home. But this was a way that we could just stay connected while still being distant. And, you know, it was every week, you know, my, my parents, my sister, how's the progress? What's going on? How are you feeling? And there was a physical side. There was a spiritual side. There was emotional side. But, you know, anytime I would come on and say, guys, it's been a tough week they would sulk with me and they would hug me, you know, from a distance, but then it would be like, 
hey, but this week coming up is going to be your best week yet. This month is going to be, you know, Christian, you were on the, on the crutches. Now you're walking, you know, the boot is gone. And, and it would just be, let's not look at the, the big picture. Let's literally just talk about the steps. Let's focus on step by step. And that's what got me to this point. And so, you know, now I can say that I'm jumping, I'm running, I'm lifting, you know, at, at a very good level. And, and I know it's going to be a progress. I know it's going to be a journey, but, you know, I'm just so grateful for, for those that, that really just helped me face um, those times where I thought, you know, am I going to be able to come back? Am I going to be able to even compete again? Um, you know, and it was the strength and, and the, the optimism of, of those around me that were saying, hey, you're the same person. You had an injury, but you're still that same guy. You still have that same talent. So, yeah, um, you know, just get back on the horse. And, and I, ultimately, I just didn't have a lot of people feeling sorry for me. They weren't going to climb down in that pit. They were really pulling me out. I'm a very visual person, so I can kind of visualize hands coming down and picking you up off your knees and saying, come on, mate, let's go. Let's do this. Exactly. I have to ask, you know, and respectfully, you're not at the start of your career. You've already achieved so, so much. When you have such a, a heartbreaking injury like yours uh, with, with an Achilles at this time in your career, was there a period where you did consider is two Olympic gold medals, is four uh, world championship titles. Is that enough? Like, is it time to sort of step away? Absolutely. So I, I can be super transparent with you. When I was in the hospital bed, you know, and I told you this was the point where acceptance was the furthest thing away. It was just like shock. You know, I would look down and, and see my, my foot in this cast and just think, what just happened? But then as a jumper, the Achilles tendon is the fundamental, like this is the core of jumping, right? And so you just think if all things that could have happened, this is probably the worst thing. Can I just sit here and just be proud, right? Like I, I just thought, let, let me just try to find that silver lining. How great has my career been? How grateful should I be with all that's happened, all that I've achieved? And I really try to focus on that and, and really, you know, not let the doubt and all the other stuff trickle in. But then you know, even at those moments, it was just the outpour on social media when it was just like, we're not worried. Words are tremendously powerful. We know this. And and you there's so many times that what's highlighted on, on social media are the, the cyber bullies or, you know, the Twitter warriors, those that are hiding behind the screens and saying these things, but, you know, you never say it face to face. But for me, it was like in this period, I could not have appreciated social media more than at that moment because I wouldn't have had the thousands of DMs, the thousands of tweets of people saying like, it's a bummer, but we believe he can do it. And I just thought, if they believe I can do it, how can I not? You know, I'm actually grateful for social media um, in this comeback because, you know, it's just been those times when I've been able to share my bounds, when I've been able to share my lift, when I've been able to share my walk. It's just been those moments where people have been almost had that confirmation, like, we knew you could do it. You know, I had to catch up to, to their belief, which sounds really weird. And so I was extremely grateful for those moments. It's interesting that you talk about that gratitude towards social media, because I feel like more often than not in this day and age, we're constantly talking about managing ourselves with social media. Um, so it's quite beautiful to hear you talk about it in such a positive way that it's actually been constructive and it sort of it helped you move forward. I can't help but sort of think, is the triple jump king now the comeback king? Where are we at now? 
<laughs> I, you know, and, and that's what I like to believe. I, I, the thing is, I don't want to focus too much on comeback. If that title comes at the end, uh, let that be great. But I know my competitors won't be taking it easy on me because I'm coming back. Right. So my mentality is it's a new season. I'm the reigning world champion. We're in a world championship year. It's home soil. We're in Eugene, Oregon. So yeah, there is a sense of pride with this also. And I know no one is going to just give their B effort. No one is going to give their second tier effort because I'm on my comeback. So my mentality is I'm going to treat it like every other year, strive to be the best in the world, if not the best ever. And then at the end, reflect and see what comes with it, see what happens. And in these moments, you know, I, I think of really the NBA players, right? That Mamba mentality, you know, Kobe, Achilles issues, Kevin Durant. So these greats, you know, on the court had the same thing that that I'm dealing with, came back and still beasted on the court. And I just thought, you know what? Like beyond the physical, it is that mentality. It's tapping into, like, I can still do this. And, and they're jumping much more than I am, right? So I just thought if they can come back and do it, especially at that high level, why can't I? That's such a nice visual thing to think about. Like if they can jump, I can jump. It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting that I think sometimes sport can bring out the best in people in a way. Absolutely. You know, and, and when I got into sport, right, and, and the Olympic spirit of all that, that sport has been the unique feature that has united the nations, right? And I got that, but but I didn't. You know, in this moment, I thought when people would almost kick me when I was down or, or flourish, right? Like now the gates are open. Now the favorite is gone. You know, it was those athletes that were like, we're going to miss you. Like the Olympics aren't going to be the same without you. The energy is not the same. You know, and I thought you're going to the Olympic final. How are you sending me a message at this time? Right? Like you should be focused on going for that goal. And for you to, to just step back and be actually selfless and say like, it's just not the same. You know, I just thought maybe I am actually making an impact in the sport, in my event. And, you know, like maybe I am actually bringing something to it. And that's just really special. I mean, there's no question that you're doing that. Uh, there's no question that your competitors respect you, the energy, the, the camaraderie that you guys have when you're out there competing. is It's quite beautiful as well because, you know, you're competing against one another, but at the same time, you know, it's clear that you guys have connections and you guys have friendships. But I have to be frank, what was it like for you, you know, seeing uh, Pedro Pachado win that gold medal in Tokyo that you so desperately wanted? I thought it was myself, Pedro, and Hughes, you know, Zongo, um, fighting for, for gold. I really had my eyes set on this the entire fall because I just tracked how we were competing together, progressing, and, and what I needed to do to almost take them out in the competition. When I watched the final, I was extremely happy for Chardo because I felt like he was always just short of putting it together. Right. So like myself, Teddy, Will, he was always there and he was always like in great shape. But for some reason, it was just short, you know, because my motto is always no one remembers number two in the all time list. I'm number two all time. So that that you can imagine how much that eats at me. That's been my motivation day in, day out. But I just thought someone like Pedro Pichardo deserves the respect deserves the accolades of being a tremendous athlete. And so for him to capitalize on that moment, I was extremely happy for him. I can say also, as I said earlier, I was in rehab when I was doing this. And it's very frustrating for me from the competitive side to see such a great mark and feel that, you know, I, I would love to fight with him. 
I would love to have that challenge because that actually surpassed my two winning jumps from the prior games, right? And so I just thought if I had the opportunity that someone would challenge me like this, would I have been able to respond? Would I have been? And, and th- those are the things that really get my juices flowing. And so, you know, I, of course, immediately reach out to him, congratulate him, but also just telling them to bring that same level, you know, going into the next games, because that is what is going to make our event entertaining and also challenging for one another. But it's going to rise a level. And that's what we all want at the end of the day, that we give it our best. We put on a show and hopefully we're able to pull out the best out of out of each other. So where do you feel that you are at at this point in time in terms of your best? Yeah. So in terms of my best, uh, optimistic, like in the perfect world, I would like to believe I'm on track. Um, realistically, it's very fair for me to say that even if I am in the best physical shape mentally, I've still got to build that confidence. You know, I've missed almost a year, if not a year and a half of, of top level competition and competition is like iron sharpening iron, right? Like that's, that really gets you in the right mindset that really puts you, it gives you that feeling that you know what to do when, when the pressure is on. And, and I have not had that adrenaline and pressure and, and uh, risk versus reward. I haven't had that fight or flight uh, feeling for, for a very long time. And so it's being able to mentally tap back into that at the highest stage. That's what I'm excited about. At the competitive nature, that's, that's always in me. Whether I was a kid racing my, my sister up the stairs to competing, you know, for an Olympic gold medal, like everything I do, I'm, I'm always trying to be the best at or be the first or whatever it may be. But, you know, for me, the biggest hurdle is going to be mentally just building that confidence, mentally being in that state where I believe I'm the best again. And that's just something if I'm being true to myself, it's, it's, it's going to be a process. But isn't that a beautiful thing that you're able to be vulnerable and be honest and actually say that's where you're at rather than sort of bluffing it or in the other case of just kind of not giving much away? I think that's quite a remarkable trait of yours to be able to be that vulnerable. And I think that's something we're talking about more as humans is vulnerability. Is that something that you talk about with your friends? Is that something you're conscious of about yourself? Yeah. So this is something I grew into. I would say... If we were having the same conversation 10 years ago, at the beginning of my career, I would have told you I'm in the best shape of my life. I would have basically been like a peacock, right? Like just showing you that everything is big and bad and, and I'm going to come back stronger than ever. With maturity, with experience and with life, especially after the pandemic, it's for me, I should just connect with people more. And why fake that things are great, you know, and that, that can be now the downside of, of social media. It, it always looks perfect. It always looks great. It always looks easy. But the reality is it's not, right? And, and I believe now people are using their platform to say, like, it's okay not to be okay, you know? And, and, and you know, I, I feel like that, that can be my two cents. That's what I can, I can add to society or, or the sport or whatever to say, like, it sucks. It hurts. It's hard. But you can do it. And yeah, that's just really where I am and and knowing that I'm going to take a lot of lumps and and a lot of losses and it's not going to be easy, but I'm a fighter at the end of the day. And and I know that win is going to come one day or another, like it's going to happen. It's almost like the slots, like eventually you've got to win something. (laughs) So it doesn't necessarily have to be a medal then, is that what you're saying? It's hard for me to say going into a world championship that it doesn't, but for me, a victory uh, this season is going to be getting through healthy. If I can go and compete, I can go week in and week out, give it my all 
come back to the hotel room, not limping, not needing ice, not needing treatment. For me, that's a victory. Those are the wins I take now. And whatever happens at the championship, you know, because it's great now that I have a, a bye, I know I'm going to be there. So it's like, I don't have the pressure of the trials, you know, the national, it's just, let's just go there, compete, give it your all. But if I can walk away healthy, for me, that's the biggest victory because no, now I'm just in this, this season of gratitude, right? Like everything felt like it was taken away. There was a possibility that maybe I was not going to jump again. Maybe I was not going to compete again. Mentally, I, I could have just tapped out. I was, I was just really at that fork that it was like, have I done enough? Can I be proud of, of what I've achieved? I decided to continue. So if I'm going to do that, like just have basically the attitude of gratitude with every competition, with every win or loss, do it with grace, do it with class, learn from it, get better every weekend, and then just see what happens. So what is the motivation then? Because, you know, you sort of said you were at some sort of crossroads. What is the motivation to keep going, to keep pushing? To actually inspire those that will face this now, you know, I, I spoke about mama mentality. I spoke about Kobe. I spoke about Kevin. If they decided to stop, who would have I leaned into? Who would have I like, you know, and so it's, they don't know who I am. Well, maybe never like, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, they've inspired me. Their, their sense of, of perseverance, you know, really fighting through adversity has given me the motivation to do the same. I want to be that light. I want to be that example that, when someone has a knee issue, you know, they can look at my career and say, well, Christian struggled with platella tendonitis, switched legs, came back, jumped further. So maybe this is not going to be the end all, you know, for me. Now Achilles tear, this is not what any jumper, if any athlete wants. Maybe I could just be just another statistics, just another uh, part of, of someone's journey that could say, well, we know of or we heard of this crazy triple jumper that loved to jump in the sandbox, but he didn't give up, you know, and, and that's ultimately what I'm working towards. Just being this example, this person that someone can lean into years, maybe even today, tomorrow, whatever it may be, um, that they can say, well, he didn't give up, so I shouldn't either. Does an injury like this at this stage as I said before, respectfully, at this point in your career, you know, you're not such a spring chicken. Does it change your outlook? Does it change the way that you perceive what you're doing? I really refer to this injury as a blessing. Like this has been one of the greatest, if not the greatest thing that's happened into my career, because it was probably the first time in my career that I actually just sat back and just looked at my situation from my track life to the relationships I had. It really was just like, I just took a time out. I think with this perspective, you know, it, it with maturity, with, with the seasons of life, you know, you, you, everyone is kind of faced with, with that question of like, is this worth it? You know, am I doing what I love? Am I doing what I need to, to get to the next level? But for me, it was like, am I doing things the right way? Am I around the people that really want to see me reach my dreams? Am I actually giving it my all? Am, you know, it, it, again, it eats at me that I'm number two all time. And, and this, please, please, I'd like for anyone listening, it's not that I'm not grateful for my success and what I've achieved, but it kills me to be eight centimeters away. Like that's nothing. 
But in our event, that is everything, you know, and I just really think that it's been a blessing because I was able to just look at myself in the mirror, challenge myself, question what was really going on and the joy and the energy that you probably feel that comes to the screen and and the people that I talk to. It's just because I have this almost sense of freedom now. Like I can just do what I love with the people I love and just believe that they want to see me succeed more than ever. And that just feels just amazing. And for those that might not know, the eight centimeters you're talking about, the second that you're talking about is behind Jonathan Edwards for the triple jump record, which I cannot believe it's been 26 years. We were five years old, right? Correct, correct. 1995. (laughs) Ridiculous. So, I mean, does the injury make that feel further or closer away for you? trying to beat that record. So again, as I told you, I had the opportunity to be able to sit back. This was the most I've ever worked with the USOPC, the, the US Olympic Committee, the most I've ever worked with USA Track Field, ever worked with Nike on not just coming back, but coming back correctly, coming back properly, coming back to be better than ever. And and those are the like the things that that I'm just so grateful for because all this time it was just I was talented. I was in the right, like, really good environment. I had phenomenal. I was at the University of Florida. Phenomenal. Shout out to the Gators. You know, phenomenal college uh, career with great coaches, uh, great atmosphere, you know, and, and then just got to the next level and, and was just successful and was able to achieve so much. But now it's like I'm really, whether with Nike, whether with the Olympic Committee, it's, it's just doing so much detailed analysis that I felt like might have just almost just gone through the cracks really enough because I was so good at compensating. So, so good at just making things happen, maybe not even knowing why were they, they were happening. And, and when you're rebuilding, you know, whether it's a house or, or from an injury, you know, you just say like, let me check the foundation. Let me make sure that when I build from here on up, it's it's going to be sturdier than ever, stronger than ever. And so now I just feel like my foundation is stronger than ever. And I believe maybe not immediately, but in the long run, that can put me in a position that, you know, I, it, it might sound strange to say, but I, I believe it puts me in a position that, that I can challenge that record again. It's very exciting to hear. And you've mentioned the word Paris already, but I have to bring it up because, you know, the cycle between Tokyo and Paris is obviously tighter because Tokyo 2020 happened in 2021. How much is Paris a part of your mood board or your sort of, you know, your future? It is on every calendar locker I, I mean, my brother-in-law just actually gave me this this light fixture of the rings. You know, he was saying, like, I know you were gutted about not making Tokyo, but let this be motivation uh, towards Paris. So, like, the light I have in, in my room is the rings, right? So it's like everything is for Paris. And, and World Championships this year in Eugene, Oregon, Budapest, you know, 2023 are going to be phenomenal stepping stones you know, to create that snowball effect, to create the momentum building for Paris. But everything I, I do now is focus on how can we be in the best place in two years. And and so though that window is closer for me, I see this as an additional blessing of I don't even have to wait so long. It's just around the corner. Let's go for it. 
Exciting. I feel your energy. I feel your passion. Uh, and it's quite infectious. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for bringing that. Your sport is a beautiful sport and you do it so well. So I guess it's just a matter of us looking forward to seeing you fly and do that thing that, you know, makes your cheeks pull back to your ears almost. Yeah, thanks, Ash. I'm super, super, super excited to get back. Uh, and everyone dreams of flying, right? Like whether it's through the air, whatever it may be, but but triple jump is is the closest thing I have to flying and, and to be back doing exactly that. It's, it's just such a gift. And so I'm so excited to just go further and further, um, you know, with, with the coming weeks, months and, and years. Before you go, I want to play a little game with you. It's called the first word that comes to mind when I say these Olympic champions names. All right. Okay. Awesome. Let's do it. Carsten Warholm. Crazy. Yulema Rojas. Unbelievable. Elaine Thompson. Hera. Oh, um, scary. Mondo Duplantis. Um, freak. Sydney McLaughlin. Future. Nice. Pedro Pachado. Nemesis. <laughs> that was polite. Nuffy TM. Grace. I, I think she's such a graceful athlete. Mutas Bashim. Ooh, wings. <laughs> uh, Jean-Marco Tambari. Baller. And Shona Melawibo. Oh, how about legendary? I think her dive from uh, <laughs> from Rio was legendary. Rio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, gosh, that woman that that woman can fly, but you can too. And genuinely, it's such a pleasure to chat to you because you know, as I said before, your energy is infectious, um, and and I just am grateful for your vulnerability as well because I think in this day and age, we need that, and I think it also makes us all feel a little bit less lonely when we're kind of battling through our own journeys and trying to navigate through life so genuinely truly thank you so much oh i appreciate really anytime i get to watch you on lives or, or hear you spend any time with you thank you so much again such a big fan you're doing phenomenal work you know through the games outside it's, it's just amazing what you're doing uh and, and thank you for just giving me the space to this platform to just share my story and and hopefully just inspire motivate and encourage others that might be going through something and it could just tap into this and just say, you know what, if Chris could do it, I can too. So thank you so much to your followers. Really appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, mate. Take care. All the best. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Think like an Olympian. Inspire, motivate, and encourage. That's what Christian Taylor aims to do. And I hope that's what you guys gained from our conversation, because truly, I certainly did feel that. A huge thank you to Christian for taking the time to speak with me. And if you weren't already, please, I do hope that you will keep an eye on his comeback because it's going to be exciting to see how he goes. I would also love to hear from you. If you've got thoughts on this episode or any of the other podcast episodes I've done, drop me a message at ash underscore Tullock on any social media platform. Thanks again for tuning in. Take it easy and I'll catch you soon. That was the Olympic Channel Podcast.